It's been um, a privilege and a pleasure to uh, get to know this guy this week. Um, I'd heard lots about him, but I don't think I'd ever met him before. And uh, he has this pioneering spirit that, that, that is on him. And uh, I think he, he told me yesterday that, that he started uh, outreaches and missions in Sudan about 40 years ago. And, you know, he obviously does the skin creams really well because he doesn't look that old, does he? <laughs> but he's uh, spent a long time ministering in Sudan it, which it, it, through very troubled times. And then went into Egypt and uh, most recently, and, and this is where I'd heard of him uh, through uh, Harvest Alliance, is he spent a lot of time ministering in Niger, in the areas. As recent as the last 30 years, 30 years you've been in Niger. Um, now, if you, if you don't know anything about Niger, it's a, it's a very dangerous place. It's where Boko Haram, the terrorist group, uh, thrives. And so it's uh, it's a Muslim country, and uh, Terry has been taking the gospel in there for thirty years now. And uh, and when I've seen pictures who've, of people who've gone on mission with Terry, they always have these these turbans and these long things, and they're out in the desert. And it all looks very romantic until you actually have to do it, and then it all is very horrible. But we do it for Christ, don't we? Uh, so, yeah, so let's welcome Terry. Amen. Nice to be here. Oh, there, sound. <laughs> Father, we just ask you to come and fill this place with your glory. Thank you that you are here already. And I pray that your, your love, your grace, and your power will just followed my voice and touch everyone in this place. Father, we ask that you will give everyone what, exactly what you want them to have today, Father. Thank you that you know our heart, you know our differences, you know who we are, you know our longings, you know our, our victories and our failures, you know everything and you love us, Father. Hallelujah. We just want, we just give ourselves to you right now. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Yeah, so my name is Terje from Norway. Hello, Bob and Eileen. They have been visiting me in Norway. And anyone else? No, I don't think. Here. <laughs> Um, and um, yes, I'm leading a work in Niger, and, in, uh, and we are in Niger, Nigeria, Senegal, Mali, and Mauritania in West Africa, doing all kinds of crazy things. But um, I wanted to start to tell you a little story from, well, I was in, in Norway. Uh, it concerned our work in Mali. So I was, I remember I was in our, uh, our school of ministry in Norway and I got this phone call from a church in Mali. And they said, a tire has been 
sent home from hospital. Attire was one of our uh, leader, I would say not senior leaders, but one of the leaders in the church, in the Gao in Mali. And we have been praying for him for about a month or something, because he was seriously sick. And in that area, the last place you send people is to the hospital. That's, that's the last uh, possibility, kind of. Well, anyway, they have sent him to the hospital. Had been in a hospital a couple of weeks, and I heard what I heard was that they sent him home. Home that means to the church. And uh, and I said, well, can I pray for him? And he said they have given him up, or I, it was at least seriously. It, it was a serious condition, but at that time the the. The telephone lines to Mali was awful. I didn't hear very well what they were saying. So I said, can I, well, let me pray for him. So, uh, and I said, what? Do you want to pray for him? Yes, I would like to pray for him, I said. Okay, well, are you sure you want to pray for him? You see, I didn't, I didn't get the message totally right because he was dead. <laughs> so that's why I was a bit surprised that I was wanted to pray for him. And I said, just put the phone to his ear and I will What? You put the phone to his ear? Yes, I said. So then Jay just okay, he's the leader. I will better do what he says. So they put the phone to his ear. And just when I was about to pray, I felt the Holy Spirit say, speak life into him. That's a good idea when it's dead people. <laughs> I didn't know still that he was dead, but I said, in the name of Jesus, I command life into Atar. I command life into Atar. I said that like three, four, five, six times. I don't know. And then he answered and he said, Amen. <laughs> <laughs> he had just been dead some few hours, so according to Heidi and Roland Baker, it doesn't count. <laughs> but you know, I had no idea he was dead. And um, when, when he said amen, the phone fell to the ground, and I didn't hear anything else. It was, the line was broken. And then a little bit, I think the next day, they sent me an email with some other practical things. And then at the end, they wrote, by the way, thank you for raising a tire from the dead. <laughs> I said, what? <laughs> I, I mean, of course, I should have presented this story a bit differently, so I look better. But, but the thing is that sometimes it's in our weakness in our failure, that's when God is really coming with his power. And so one of my friends in Niger, in our same network, one of our pastors there, he heard about it. And he said, oh, is that what we're doing now? <laughs> and, and then one day uh, he was with a friend and a friend got a phone call. And his, his wife, the wife of the friend, said, there was a terrible accident and our son died. A five-year-old son, he died. And can you quickly come home? 
And, and this guy, he asked, my, my pastor friend, his name is Isa, he said, Isa, can I use your motorbike so I can come quickly home? And he said, yes, you take it, of course. And then, just when he was about to go, no, wait a little. I will not let you go yet. Let's do what our leader is doing. Let's raise your son from the dead over the telephone. <laughs> so they did that. And he woke up. <laughs> and he didn't know that we know we're not supposed to do that. It was just an accident. <laughs> so it's, it's good. God knows how to use our weaknesses. And, and that became a, 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 a testimony, of course. And then, so we had now about, I think it is five people that was raised from the dead. Well, six, including myself. That was a little bit before. <laughs> uh, so God is God loves to 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 break into our lives when we are in our weakness, weakest situations. I am um, one of my my I, I, I shouldn't say one of my my life Bible verse is from Second Corinthians twelve nine. It said, "It's it's." Paul, some of you will know that verse. My, he, he, Jesus said to me, Paul writes, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Hallelujah. I remember the first time I read this Bible verse. It was like I, I've been born again for three weeks or something. And, and I read this and said, Everything is possible for me. I'm the weakest person I know. <laughs> my weakness is my greatest potential. <laughs> Anyone here that feels weak sometimes? Mark, you're all good. <laughs> that's good. That's, that's, you know, that's when we can say, okay, now... Lord, if you break in now, you, the glory is only yours. <laughs> you know, but sometimes we, we try to make things work with our amazing discipline and our strength, strong faith. And, and of course, we need to work on our faith. But the thing is, whatever we do, we are dependent on the grace of God. Hallelujah. I remember another time we were where we're having, um, we had some nomads in Niger from the Fulani tribe, Muslims. About 20 of them had given their life to Jesus. Yeah, that was wonderful. So we decide, but they're nomads, you know, so, so it's not easy to go for a home visit. <laughs> you never know where they live. <laughs> so, so... We agreed with some of the chiefs that we will find a big tent. We bought one of those desert storm uh, canteen tell tents from the desert storm war in the first Iraq war. You know. uh, we brought it out in the desert. We, oh, thank you. Thank you. So um, uh, we, uh, we uh, asked them, where are you normally staying? What area are you staying in? In March, and so they told us the area, and said, okay, we'll bring this big tent up there, and we have a meeting to try to follow up these 20 people. 
and there were maybe it was some it was a group of twenty and then some other few. So um, I sent a team out to put on the tent, and then later I was coming with uh, with another team, the ministers kind of. And uh, on my way out to the place, I I didn't know where the tent was. Normally we go to a village, but there was no villages there. It's just bush. So I stopped in the village and said, can you tell us where these people put up the tent? And, um, and, um, and they said, we, we will not tell you if you don't tell us what you're doing there. <laughs> okay, so, so we had to tell them what we were doing there. And, uh, and I mean, accidentally, <laughs> some blind people came along when we were just sharing the gospel with them, and, uh, and there were three blind people who were healed on the street there. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and we said, okay, now you know what we are going to do there. Now you have to tell us where it is. And they described uh, how to come there, and we came late in the night to the tent. Next, next morning, I slept in that big tent. Next morning, I was eager to go to the toilet, and I went out of the tent, and then there were 60 people waiting there. <laughs> and that was not from the Fulanis that we came to meet. It was from the local tribe. And, and they say, we want to talk to, to you. We want to be healed. They were all sick. They heard about the three people on the road. And um, uh, I said, I, sorry, I, I have to go to the toilet. No, you are not going anywhere. <laughs> You are not going anywhere before you heal all of us. But please, please. No, you are not going anywhere. So, so okay. So, so I thought, okay, quickly. Name of Jesus, 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 name of Jesus. And I just touched everyone and I ran into the bushes. And I came back. And all of them said, thank you, we are all healed. <laughs> they were just so, they were just filled with uh, expectations, you know, because of what happened on the street. And then um, these people, they pushed their way in, in front of the Fulani, the other tribe that we came for. Uh, because they were a little bit more timid in a way. And so these 60 left, and we went up to the 20 Fulanis, and they had prepared breakfast for us. We ate with them. And, and, um, and we decided that, okay, we'll have half an hour break and, or pause, and then, then we'll start teaching. I prepared this awesome teaching about discipleship, you know, to train people, new believers. All right, we had this good plan. Then after half an hour, uh, we started teaching them. I, well, I tried to start teaching them, but they said, hey, we don't want to hear a lot of words. What you did to them, you better do it to us also. <laughs> <laughs> so they were more or less sick, all of them. So we prayed for all of them, and they were all, all it was just, just a river of healing. And then when we have prayed for all of them, these people that left, they have come back. Now they came with 300. Because all of these 60 told everyone what's happened to them. And they said, everyone that will go there, they will all be healed. 
So we, I, I, I want, but I have spent so much time to prepare my amazing teaching. <laughs> no one wants to hear my teaching. <laughs> and uh, so we just started praying and put our hands on people in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. And they were all healed. It was all kind of stuff. And, um, and it was hot. It was like 50 degrees centigrade. It actually, it actually, it was more than 50 at times. And in the night, it was like 40. We, we, we stayed there was it three or four nights. And uh, of course, we didn't, it was 50 in the day, and it was too hot to sleep in the night. So after a while, we were like, <laughs> we were so exhausted and so tired. We let, sent these 300 back in the evening, 600 came. And I had my amazing teaching. <laughs> no one wanted to hear my amazing teaching. <laughs> um, I remember next morning again, the same thing happened. But we had a plan. So we had a plan that those that were most eager to go to the toilet, they would stay back a little bit and the others would go out and say, okay, there's healing over here. And we could run to the toilet this direction. <laughs> and um, I remember one time I was, that was a little bit afternoon, the second day, I, I think. I, I ran off quickly to go back some bushes. And, and there was one man standing with 17 blind people. He said, we, you don't go anywhere. <laughs> before you healed us. This is how this continued the whole week. Uh, or it was three or four days. And, um, and this guy came to me and said, well, I pray for the 17 blind people. And one came with this, I don't know what you call it, elephant foot. Is that what you call it in English? Too? Yes. It's like big, swollen foot like that. And, and they say, we don't let you go before you fix that. And you know, being quite small and quite human, I was thinking, who do they think I am? And I heard the Lord say, who do you think you are? <laughs> okay, okay, sorry, sorry, that was a slip of tongue. It's, it's not about me at all, of course. It's, I was so exhausted. We were all so exhausted. And we had about 1,500 people instantly healed over those days. And we never came to our teaching. <laughs> but these people got a real good teaching about the power in the name of Jesus. <laughs> I, you know, we were... We, after those days, we were so exhausted. We were actually planning to go to another place to continue a similar thing, but we were so exhausted, we had to go back to our headquarters and just sleep for a couple of days. It was... But I've never, ever seen the demonstration of the power of God so powerful. It was amazing. All of these people that we prayed for, there was actually one person that we didn't see healed. One little, I have no idea. We saw all kind of, we saw limbs 
was being straightened out, that was crooked, you know. And, but one little boy, maybe three years old, and his legs were like that. We prayed and we prayed and we prayed and nothing happened. But everyone else was just instantly healed. And, and we had, we don't know exactly how many, but somewhere a little bit less than a thousand of the nomads. It started with those 20, but the rumors went quickly out. And about the same number of the locals, the Hausa people. And um, everyone was just excited. They, they wanted Jesus. And five chiefs, chiefs of five villages said, we want to learn to teach our, our, our people to follow Jesus. And they were all Muslims. There was never been any Christians in this area. And all of this came there. And we said, Lord, we came to follow up these 20. And now there's 2,000. And those two clans are enemy clans. Or those two tribes are enemies. They are not friends. They were kind of friendly those days. <laughs> but, and we didn't know what to do. And actually, we are not being able to follow up those five villages at all. Not enough people and not enough money. And, and today we have about 40, 50 villages that are asking us to come and tell them how to become Christian. But we don't have resources. But it's, it's um, then of course, it is in our weakness that the power of God is fulfilled. So, uh, and that has been that has just been the, what you say, my life's, yeah, it, it, that has been the situation my whole life. And some people say, well, Tavi, you are so strong and successful, and I, I tell you, I've had all kinds of sicknesses and diseases and d different attacks, and, and but God is so faithful. He's just so faithful. When I was born, you hear my very clear uh, voice. <laughs> when I was born, I just, I, 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 we agreed I will give testimonies today. <laughs> so I will want to give different kind of testimonies. And when I was born, I, the midwife was sure I was dead. And she threw me away where people were for the stillbirth. Or what you say there. And um, when I was 25 years old, I was preaching in my hometown. And this old lady came up to me and she said, Hello, my name is Borgil. <laughs> I have followed you on a distance your whole life. So what? <laughs> Stalking? <laughs> <laughs> So, okay, I said, how is that? And she said, when you were born, I was working in the hospital. I'm a nurse. I'm also a member of the Pentecostal church in town. And I know to hear the voice of God. And I was working in the delivery room next to you where you were born. And I heard the voice of the Lord very clearly. And he said, go to the next room there. Ask that midwife 
to take that boy out of the garbage because I have a great plan for him. So I told my mo mother, when, after I heard that, I told my mother, and she said, oh, is that what happened? You see, you didn't cry. We didn't, they didn't put you to my breast when you were born. And there was a woman, the midwife in the next uh, room came in and said something to the one that was helping me, us. But I, I was not able to hear what they were saying. So, so I, was, I was born dead. <laughs> and um, the reason that I was dead, I had this, what do you call it? Um, umber umbilical cord <laughs> around my neck. I didn't major in English. <laughs> um, so, uh, so I... My voice today is uh, still not very clear, but uh, when I grew up, I could hardly speak. And I went to what they call in Norway the, the National Institute, uh, National Center for Speech Handicapped People. And after being there for treated there regularly for a couple of uh, years, when I started school, they said, I, they gave me a paper that says, Tarje can never become a, a priest or a teacher. And he spe needs special attention his whole uh, school years. And of course, both of what happened when I was born and one on that paper was an attack on the calling on God on my life. And, and God loves, you know, to, to take those people that in the eyes of the world, are, are useless. And bring them up and use them. Hallelujah. And that is just, uh, some people feel they are very strong, and that is sometimes the, big, best, the biggest hindrances for God to use them. And we need to come to a place where we say, Lord, I, I'm just totally, totally dependent on you. It's not my strength, it's not my uh, abilities, it's not uh, all of those things. And I remember I, I was born again when I was 17, short time before I was 18. And, uh, and then God spoke to me about my calling. And I, Lord, if I speak much, I... My voice disappears totally. If I sing more than this one song, my voice is gone. And, and how can this be? It cannot, it's not possible. And I remember when I was being born again for maybe one and, one, one and a half years, I was in a big conference and it was awesome worship. And I was standing there looking at the others, like I always did. And I just had this longing in my heart. I have to worship them like everyone else. So I decided, okay, I'll just shout out just like the others. And if my voice disappears after five minutes, at least I've been shouting praises to God for five minutes. <laughs> and I stood there praising God for two, three hours. And nothing happened with my voice. And after that, it has been... Here. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, Father, we just thank you. We just thank you. Thank you that 
The, the power of God is made perfect in weak, weakness. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. I know sometimes, you know, you, we, we do things that, I mean, I couldn't, it was not my fault that I was born like that. I, it wasn't my sin. It wasn't my mistake. It wasn't, I didn't. But sometimes we do things and the things we do disqualifies us kind of or give, gives us a lot of trouble. And um, I've been working, as I said, in, in sub-Sahara Africa many years. And um, sometimes, five times, I've driven vehicles from Europe, from Norway, down through Europe, over, over the Mediterranean, over the Sahara Desert, and down to, to yeah, different nations. <laughs> Sudan, Mauritania, Niger. And one of these trips, I, I miscalculated how much petrol... I needed. Well, actually, I did calculate right if I found a way. <laughs> but, you know, from the, from, uh, the bit south, uh, the middle of Algeria to the middle of Niger, there is no road. There are neighbor countries. It's just desert, sand, and, and rocks. And, and uh, so we were driving down there, and we missed the road. And we took some extra driving here and there. And, and we spent all our, our uh, petrol before we found the right track again. I remember we had an empty tank, been driving for two days. And um, <clears throat> we knew there was like, I don't know exactly how long. It was long drive to the first city or town in Egypt. And it was late in, the, late in the night, we decided to stop and, and just, uh, yeah, make some food and, and pray. And we're sitting there on our uh, camping chairs, and praying, Lord, thank you that you are in charge. We hope. <laughs> Maybe. Or are you really? <laughs> oh, Actually, it was my mistake that I took the wrong road. Oh, will you still help us? <laughs> there was, we hadn't seen anyone for the whole day, just driving and driving and driving and driving in that big sand uh, ocean. And we decided we just have to thank God. And we have no hope if not. If he doesn't do anything, we, there is nothing else we can do. And, so we sat there, we ate our soup, and then suddenly this little boy, he came out of the darkness. We haven't seen any, any village, any camps, nothing the whole day. And this little boy came walking up straight to me and he said, hello, do you need petrol? I said, what? Yes, we need petrol. Okay, great. He said, he spoke Arabic. I, I knew, know a little bit Arabic. I knew more at that time. <laughs> so he said, great. So, and he went out in the darkness again. And then after some minutes, he came pulling a jerry can. And he said, here. I said, what? 
I said, how much do you want for it? And he said the price, and it was the same price as the petrol station, two days drive away. I gave him the money. I, I, the next, later I understood I should have given him much more. I just, it just, and, and then we filled the petrol in the car, and he walked into the darkness again. And we were like, God, that's, that's impossible. <laughs> And next morning, we, uh, we slept, and next morning we decided we will drive around. Now we have petrol. We drive around and find out where this boy comes from and where his parents are so we can say thank you. And there was no one there. Well, first I followed his tracks and the track of that, you know, the jerry can, and it stopped like 10 meters away. There were no more tracks. Clear tracks, and then suddenly... No more track. I know. I don't know. Was he an angel? A, 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 a little boy angel? If he was an angel, why would he want money for it? <laughs> Maybe he wanted the money to give to someone else. <laughs> but if it wasn't an angel, it was an even bigger miracle. If it was actually a little boy out there. I mean, so... We were, to, I, up to this day, I don't know what happened. But he saved us, and the next day we drove back into Niger. And, and you know, pe people ask me, you know, how, why, Teddy, do you have all these stories about how God is saving you out of impossible situations? And it's because I put myself in impossible situations. <laughs> Hallelujah! That's how you get these kind of miracles. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Oh. oh, Father, I just thank you. You are so awesome. You are so faithful. Father, I, I just thank you that you will you will just let this be an inspiration to everyone here. Father, I also release a spirit of healing, healing anointing over this place right now. I command pain to leave. I command sicknesses to be healed, diseases to be healed. I just thank you, Father. Thank you that there is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in that name here as it is in the bush in Niger. Hallelujah. I just t uh, talked to Jamie from, uh, well, you're from Michigan, was it? But he told me he was in, in uh, Virginia. In, uh, and I was there some years ago in Virginia in uh, a place called uh, Radford. Was it Radford? Close to Roanoke's. It's, it's Roanoke, the, like the capital? No, that's West Virginia. Is Richmond, okay. Oh, anyway. <laughs> so I was there. I had a meeting. Uh, I think it was like focus on, uh, I don't remember what. I told lots of testimonies, and, and we had uh, people come up to be prayed for for healing, and we many people got healed. And while I was praying for people, this one man was standing in the back like that. Really skeptical, maybe even angry. And was looking at me. And, 
And when everything was over, kind of, he was still standing there. And there were two boys beside him. And one of them, like, was pulling him and said, Daddy, you know, go up there. So reluctantly, he came up. Well, I saw that, and I said, can we pray for you for something? And I saw him walking up, and he had um, a stick and his two sons to help him walk. So I said, what can I help you with? And he said, well, I hate people like you, he said. Oh, well, that's interesting. <laughs> I hate people like you. You tell, uh, tell us about all the miracles that's happening in Africa, and then, and then we come here, and, I, uh, and nothing happens, and, and uh, I hate people like you. <laughs> My mother is just like you. She has been a missionary in Africa. She has a lot of miracles, and we, nothing here. He was so angry. And his sons were a little bit embarrassed by the way he was talking to me. So he's like, <laughs> and, well, what can I do for you? <laughs> you know what happened to me half a year ago, he said. I was parking downtown. I opened my, my door, the door of my car. I went into the road and a big trailer just drove over me. Oh, lot of bones in my body, my hip and other things were totally crushed. I mean, I was taken to hospital. I was there, couldn't move anything. I was in horrible pain for, for two, three months. And, and uh, I just came out of the hospital. And people have been praying for me over and over again. Nothing happened. And... Uh, so I said, what, what's the difference between Africa and here? You stupid missionary. <laughs> and I said, Lord, what do I say? <laughs> and I, 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 I was about to, to say that, well, in, in Africa, they, people, there are not so much uh, hospitals everywhere, you know, and, 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 but yeah, well, it's, it's bad excuses, really. <laughs> so just when I was about to say that, the Lord told me what to say. He said, you know, in, in Africa, or in many of these third world countries where not very developed, people are desperate. They are desperate because they have no other <laughs> option than God to touch them. And they are just like you. They are just like you. That's why they receive healing. Just the same desperation like you. That's why you will be healed today. Oh, did I say that? <laughs> Sometimes things slip out of your mouth, you know, that you regret, but it's too late to take it back. <laughs> and um, and uh, do you want me to pray for you? I said, ah. Doesn't help. And the boy said, Daddy, that's why you came. <laughs> well, okay, pray for me. So I put my hand on him and prayed. <coughs> I said, what happened? Nothing happened. <laughs> okay. 
prayed again. What happened? Nothing happened. I prayed again. <laughs> and while I was praying, I felt the Lord say, something happened. So I said, can you, can you test what happened? I cannot even walk without these two boys, he said. How can I test? Well, ask them to let go of me. And they looked at the daddy. Okay, okay. So they let him go and he kind of, give me your stick, I said. And he was standing there shaking. <laughs> well, I'm able to stand. <laughs> so take some steps. Don't you see I'm, I'm, I have trouble enough as I have? Take some steps, I said. <laughs> so he's like, <laughs> it worked. I haven't done that for a long time. So how's your pain? And I said, well, the pain is actually a bit less. And and he and then suddenly he said, oh, I hate God. <laughs> What? <laughs> Why would he just help me a little bit like that and not finish the thing? <laughs> well, maybe he's finishing the thing. <laughs> so I said, please, can you climb up or walk, take the steps up to the platform? It was just two or three steps. I cannot do that, I said. I cannot do that. Well, walk up to the platform then, or to the start of the stairs then. And actually, I had to like force him step by step. Now it was not my weakness. I've seen it was his weakness. He, did, he wanted healing, but he didn't really want, or he really wanted, but he didn't have any faith in it. So he needed me to force him almost. And it ended up him running like a competition with his two boys around the church. Hallelujah! Woohoo! And he was totally healed. But it took some time. And I, I, I forced him to start in a way, but he continued. Hallelujah. Amen. And God loves to demonstrate his power in our weakness. Hallelujah. One day in, in, in um, one day in Norway, I got a phone call. Uh, my, the local newspaper, uh, well, well, one one journalist from the local newspaper got hold of one of my newsletters, and there was a lot of testimonies about healings and miracles, and the Holy Spirit is falling. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, they got a hold of my newsletter, the red one, and they said, can you send us some more? And then they, they wrote two full pages in the local newspapers. And it started actually a discussion over uh, and NRK, that is BBC in Norway. 
And a lot of people, pros and cons, and the bishop with warning. And, <laughs> and uh, after that happened, this guy phoned me. And he said, hello, my name is Jostein. Are you healing the sick? I said, yes. <laughs> I was about to say, it's not me, it's God, you know. But really, that's the biblical thing. Jesus said, you go and heal the sick. He, he didn't say, go and ask me to heal the sick. He said, go and heal the sick. Yeah. And of course, it's the power of God, but, but we are doing it. Anyway, so, so he said, okay, I'm very sick. Can you come and heal me? Yes, I can, I said. Where do you, well, where do you live, I said first. And I lived in the neighbor town where my parents lived. So I said, okay, I can come and, uh, and heal you. Thank you, he said, and he put on. So okay. And then a week later, he, said, he phoned me again. He said, okay, now I've gathered all my sick friends. Can you come and heal us? And I said, yes. <laughs> Hallelujah. You, you know, you could, I could have said, yeah, well, I can come and have a try. I can, I can at least pray for you, and it's up to God what he will do. But the thing is that God told me to heal the sick. So then I want to heal the sick. Yeah. And if it doesn't work, it's not my fault. It's his fault. <laughs> so, so we agreed when I, should, I come, and they, I came to this address, and one little lady opened the door. And she looked at me, <laughs> like she saw some kind of uh, guru or wizard or something. <laughs> she said, are you? And I mentioned my name, and okay. <laughs> she ran into the living room. I was left alone there. Okay. I took off my shoes, and I went into the living room, and there four people were sitting. No, it wasn't that many. It was four people. And the guy who phoned me, Jostein, he was sitting in the sofa and he said, among us, we have 37 diagnoses that are all incurable. Where, where do you start? <laughs> so I said, well, maybe I can tell you a little bit of how I started this and how I'm doing it. And, oh, yeah, please, please, please. So, I, of course, I shared the gospel. I share about the power of God and everything. And, and all of them were like, wow. This, they were all Norwegians, probably members of the state church, but they have no idea about the gospel. And, um, and then after I'd done this, he said, well, you can, he said that you can start with this lady because she's the worst, the worst case. Yeah, she alone has 17 of those 37 diagnoses. So I started praying and... and uh, and of course, every, every symptom that they could test disappeared immediately. Some of them went out to check their blood sugar and stuff like that, and they, all of them had normalized, and it was just, everyone was instantly healed. And uh, God, is, God is longing to demonstrate his power through our weakness. I mean, after a while, you get more, more used to being weak. <laughs> you know, when you can embrace your weakness and say, well, I go there, I really myself I have nothing to offer. But Jesus told me to heal them. 
So that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> Hallelujah. And you become more and more dependent on him. More and more dependent on him. That we have nothing to offer in ourselves. I had one day in Eber, I had one Saturday morning, I had someone knocking on my door, very like wildly, fervently, or what do you say? And he said, uh, I woke up, and he said, you must come and stop the war. Hello. <laughs> it was two clans. It wasn't the big war. It was, it was two normal clans that were attacking each other, and already one guy had his arm cut off. So uh, many were wounded in different ways, but not that only one thing that was that serious. But if you don't come, they will kill each other, he said. Well, uh, what is this about? And he tried to tell me it was some kind of conflict that lasted for generations, you know. <laughs> My, your grandfather said this to my grandmother. <laughs> and I, 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 I said, Lord, what do I do? I felt the Lord said, just go with him. And it was a three-hour drive. So I, I told him, you can explain what it's all about. And, but why would I be able to help you? Well, you are the only guy that both groups trust because when I co go to those areas I have good news you know <laughs> for everyone so I, I was for a while very well known in the bush in the eastern Niger so um, so on the while we were driving the three hours drive they, he tried to explain me what the situation was all about I didn't understand anything nothing and I came to this town, Gure, in the east of Niger, and uh, I came into this, uh, what they call the motor park, motor park. <laughs> the bus station, or the central location in town where cars and buses and everything are coming and going. We drove into that area, and I saw some Fulani sitting on this side and some on this side. And when they saw me driving in there, they came up to the car. And two from each side. It was a chief and one assistant from each side. And they looked at me. Both were filled with anger. And I like, God. They just, they just look at me as if I will solve their problem now. I, I, you know, you, you just... You're just lost. <laughs> and then I suddenly got this word for the one chief. He said, I, and I said to him, this is really your fault. Because you only think about your own people. And his assistant did like that. <laughs> like, is that true? <laughs> and he, the chief was like, he was an old, older man. 
humble and wise in a way. <laughs> so he just didn't say anything. He, he was thinking. And the other guy, the other chief, he was like, aha, 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 it's you. <laughs> and then I got the word for him. <laughs> and that was worse. <laughs> I, I told him, but you, it's really your fault because you only listen to your wife. That's the worst. <laughs> I mean, that's the worst you can say to these big warriors, you know. And his assistant looked at him. And, well, <laughs> like, this man knows what he's talking about. <laughs> and both these chiefs, they just, they just said, oh, sorry. And they said, sorry to each other. It wasn't a very big hug or something. But, and they went to each place. And the conflict was over. And up to this day, I have no idea what it was all about. <laughs> but one of the guys still don't have his arm. <laughs> Amen. Father, we just thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Pray that you come and touch us and speak to us and minister to us. Is there someone here who has pain in their knee? On the right side of the leg here? Who is that? Yeah, can we come here? We'll pray for you. Can I put my hand there? Feel it right now? Father, in the name of Jesus, I just command your healing power to flow over this knee right now. Come, Holy Spirit. For your healing power to, to heal, to, to restore the knee and take away the reason for this pain. And I command the pain to leave. In the name of Jesus. And you pressed it. It's gone. Everything is good. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. God bless you. <laughs> Amen. I, uh, I believe there are more people with pain in their uh, front, in their hip and legs. Uh, who, is, who is that? I think we should pray for you. Come here. Your, in your hips. Okay. You, you feel it right now? Not at the moment. You know, when you pray for sick, it's good to ask them what is the condition right now. Because he doesn't feel it right now. That means we cannot ch check it immediately. Is there any symptoms that you would notice right now? Nothing. Okay. Father, in the name of Jesus, just ask your healing power. I command your healing power to flow over my brother right now. <sighs> Come, Holy Spirit. <sighs> Come, Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus. 
Amen. So what about you? Okay. You feel it right now? Some pain. Can uh, do you have a lady that can put your hand on? Put your hand on it's here. Yeah. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just release your healing power right now. Command pain to leave her. Nerves that are being squeezed, command them in the right place. Come on, the Spirit. Command all pain to leave right now and to be gone. Amen. How is it now? Mm. There's a little bit left? Okay. But it's better? Yes. Okay. Can you stretch your hands towards her? What's your name? Lorraine. Lorraine. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just release your healing power over Lorraine. We command that tiny little bit that is left to be healed and disappear right now. Amen. Amen. Can I test one more? Thank you. That's good. Amen. Amen.